We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, I speak with Dilip Venkat Ramit, CEO and co-founder of Videotap, a video experience management platform. He reflects on breaking free of the one-sided experience of news delivery to engage consumers with video experiences and how a belief in a vision, luck, and humility are all critical factors for success. Dilip credits much of his success so far to luck, but also in believing in a vision. After working in cable news for many years, he saw a need for a more personalized, targeted means of delivering content, one that disrupts the linear narrative of standard video. He and his wife co-founded Videotap in 2016 to solve one of those biggest challenges for companies now, engaging with their audience. The company works with advertisers and other types of companies to design a more interactive experience for consumers in order to keep them engaged and help them make the best use of their most valuable resource, their time. Dilip says the secret sauce of success is that he and his wife have a shared vision, commitment, and excitement for innovation that keeps them going every day. Now, let's get better together. Dilip, thin cat. Ramend, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for having me well, on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for being here. And um, what's really great about uh, getting to know you when I first met you at the Founders uh, Network Summit was uh, just such a fascinating journey that you've been on. And I want to talk all about that and what you're working on and how cool it is. Uh, but before we do that, like I always like to say, why don't you give us sort of the nickel tour as to how you've been doing what you're doing today? Great. Uh, so at one point of time, I used to be a media executive and I was the CEO of CNN, the news channel in India, right? Wow. So this was, a separate, uh, this was a separate feed. So we used to produce news. 
and uh, and i had a great team and i had stalwarts in my team so it was great and kind of easy to get things done however i always used to feel that you know we used to produce lots of news but never be able to show the right news to the right person because uh, the whole news channel business or at least television is linear hmm. so so the easiest way of explaining linear is think of a restaurant which has got a fixed menu every 15 minutes so if you land up at half past 6 you'll get hamburgers <laughs> half past 7 you get pizza so they'll only serve you one item and that's kind of frustrating right oh yeah so if if you do not like what they're showing you just tune off and the best part is going forward with the same restaurant analogy is that they had all the dishes cooked and ready it just that the counter sucked right so it's something like that so then i used to think hey i wish there was a better way of doing it where we could kind of unbundle all the new stories we had and then just make sure that people kind of got to see what they wanted to see within the times time they wanted to kind of invest in watching like they had 5 minutes 10 minutes can they see what they want to see that was one of the basic things the other inspiring thing was uh, i just realized when i visited the folks in atlanta that it is a completely different deal to be a pioneer you know they literally make their own road whereas most of the time we follow others roads right so it's so easy and we still huff and puff about that but sometimes to make your own road and more importantly which direction to make the road and how to kind of lay it out it's an absolutely different thing and that kind of really inspired me to the level that even though i was quite successful i kind of felt like a fake saying hey what am i doing oh, it's really? time to get get real i mean you ran an entire media group and i mean how could you be a failure i guess that's kind of weird but yeah because it was already done right so we were only oh. replicating that yeah it's sort of like repackaging what had already been done yeah so we we were very innovative still no we were very adept in adopting having said that any innovation then becomes incremental it's just not discontinuous so that's one thing which always uh, you know kind of uh, used to tell me and the second thing is you know sometimes i used to feel i'm not getting the news i wanted and last but not the least because the whole television industry is kind of one way communication you actually never knew what the viewer was thinking and you waited for probably a week and let's put it this way without getting into any controversy with my erstwhile <laughs> brethren uh the te- television rating industry is uh, kind of inadequate let's put it that way so so you know i always used to feel that there also needs to be two way communication and i wish i knew what people are thinking right now yeah I mean, no, that's a great point. I mean, I always thought this whole Nielsen rating thing with the little box and, you know, how they did it was, I mean, it was valuable data, but completely not like the way the new model is, right? I mean, with streaming, I mean, I'm sure Netflix and Amazon know exactly what I'm watching because they recommend all these great new shows that I have no time to watch. 
Um, but not so with news. And, and, and I, I've, I found when we talked about this, I think was it last September, how just, I mean, it was hard for me to understand just because sometimes hard concept, new concepts, I, I have, I take a long time to do. Um, but I really like the idea of being able to chart your own news course and the stories that you want to see when you have the time to see them just seems like a good idea. Um, and I, I want to explore that a little bit more. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about how you, be, how you became an entrepreneur. Like what, what, what sort of drove you to be an entrepreneur? Okay. My story is a little bit like Forrest Gump. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, um, I didn't play football, but, uh, you know, uh, the essence of Forrest Gump, in my own uh, you know, words, is that he was always at the right time, not by design, but by default, right? Yeah. So, so I think we are all privileged to see the birth of the internet in our lifetimes and how it has changed life and stuff like that, right? So, and then when I had this uh, kind of vision, which was kind of uh, stupid, at the same time powerful, I felt uh, literally that I was the chosen one. Interesting. And that is something very important for me because during these dark days, when you have absolutely no visibility to any hope sometimes, that you are the chosen one kind of keeps you going till something opens up. And with this kind of a vision, there was no way I could try to kind of do what I wanted to do um, by hedging or having a doing it part-time or something like that. So I became an entrepreneur to make this a reality or take a stab at making it a reality. And that's the only way. So that's how I became an entrepreneur. And what I probably am not capable of is being a serial entrepreneur because I just don't know how people do it. They're amazing. You know, they can live multiple lives. Yeah. You know, I, I can't. I'm I'm maybe overcommitted, overpassionate about this. Uh, it's good, bad, I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I just can't uh, think of doing anything else. Well, I think that's a pretty powerful uh, way to think about it, too. I mean, a lot of folks, um, I mean, so you have to obviously believe in what you're doing. And I actually like the, the chosen one analogy because <laughs> it's... It almost reminds me of not only Forrest Gump, but uh, a movie with Peter Sellers called Being There. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Um, great movie. He plays Chauncey the gardener, and he's literally supposed to be the incarnation of God, but he just sort of stumbles into all these things. And people think he's a genius, but he's just like this, you know, says like, quote unquote, the obvious, but he's clearly chosen to to do some things. And 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 I think that's a powerful concept, of course. Some people might think that's pretty high on the ego spectrum, but I don't think so. Because if you want to change the world, like what what you're trying to do, I mean, you got to have a little chutzpah to be like, yeah, no, I'm the only one that can do this. <laughs> and so it sounds like you're the only one that can do this, you think? Uh, no, I think uh, the Almighty has chosen me. So when you get when you get tapped, to do something like this, it's, uh, it's uh, let's put it, uh, it's kind of serendipity meets providence. Hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's so so true. I, I am absolutely humble, you know, to this, and and everything happens because of so many other things working together. And I guess each and every entrepreneur out there is working doubly hard. There's absolutely no, you know, um, uh, faking your way or lazing your way out of this. So what makes us succeed is something called luck. And I think uh, I've heard one of very successful entrepreneurs in India say that that hey everybody tries. I just got lucky. And I think it's not only humility, but I think uh, that's a good way to put it because everybody keeps trying, right? And for some reason, something takes off. The product market fit is there. You know. Totally. So totally. No, I I I'm with you. I think luck has a lot to do with success. But I also think, you know, in order to get lucky, you have to be at the right place at the right time with the right opportunity, clearly, and have the skills to take advantage of that opportunity. But I know so many people, you know, you get them alone, you have a cup of coffee with them or a glass of water. <laughs> and uh, and you say, so, you know, how did you make this all happen? And it literally to a person will be like, you know what, I got lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. And I have no delusion about how lucky I am. So, um, no, I, I, I agree with you. It's it's a it's such a tough job being an entrepreneur that luck has to have something to do with it because you know what one to two percent of us become unicorns. Nine out of ten don't make it past year five or some crazy number like that. But the ones that believe, right? And you have to believe, and you have to be chosen, and you have to feel like you're the one that can do it. So. That's, that's, yeah, that's powerful. Um, so tell staying us a little. Uh, you know, I, uh, staying on that luck piece, yeah. I read somewhere, and I kind of uh, embraced that luck happens to everyone. Lucky are those who know how to utilize it. Right. And you also hit it uh, while you're speaking that to kind of utilize luck, you need to be prepared. Okay, so not only right time, right place, but you just need to have that proposition built up. It can't be that you happen to meet the biggest VC who's sitting next to you and, and stuck and is even ready to have a conversation with you and say, hey, I want to have a startup, right? Or I'm planning to start a startup. I know it sounds cliche, but that's not going to work, right? So you need to have the proposition ready and you need to be committed to doing what you're doing and then if something happens that you can frame it as lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. It, it's just such a, it's such a powerful concept to know that it's preparing. And I like to say it's the practice and the discipline of like learning what you have to learn. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the opportunity to show your skills and your talents and pull together something. And, you know, you hope that it'll actually work. And, you nowadays, especially, I think it's this is even more important because the tools, the technology, a lot of the stuff to create companies is pretty much democratized. So the no code movement, the you know engineering, the APIs, every, all these things like you can pull together some stuff within reason. Of course, what you're doing is special. We'll talk more about that. But you can pull stuff together pretty quick and test it out. So. Um, yeah, I think luck and being prepared to take the luck is going to be even more important. So, so yeah, so 
let's let's talk a little bit about what you're working on this uh idea of serving up the news that you want i guess or actually i'll just let you explain it because you're better at it than i am okay so um while i get into what we are doing what we also realized is this was the path we took to what we wanted to build right and then once we got that we realized hey we could do this and this and this and then finally we realized that uh, you know our own uh, uh, reasonably small ambition could become something big uh because we realized that uh, not many people are talking about it or doing it you know so when i say i am the chosen one it's it's just that a basic let's say let's put it uh, that i am maybe above average and my co-founder is definitely way above average but still you know for both of us to kind of land this kind of a vision that's why i said we are lucky that way we are chosen to be the recipient of this idea and and this ideas out there right in front of everybody staring at them right so that's that's what is kind of uh, exciting and sometimes you know almost uh, crazy thinking that how come us hence that belief that you know if if providence has told us to do this then the same providence will take care of us so that that's uh, one part the second thing is when i when we also kind of realized or we were debating about what is the industry we are in it's a very fundamental question right oh yeah for sure and then you know the answer was we are in the video industry how uh, how intelligent is that and then but but then i kind of figured out that there is a nomenclature issue mm-hmm. you see there is video everywhere video was invented 90 years back but we don't call it as video we call it television we call it movies we're calling it streaming we call it dvd you know i think somewhere we all got caught in the method of distribution the way we stored videos and the way it was kind of played out so we are in the video industry and that gave me exciting insights about uh you know what to contrast against and what what's happening and what's not happening so that's how we got into what we're doing and then so what are we the name of the company is video tap you know i can wait it for 15 minutes before i got into my plug right i'm sorry <laughs> so the name of the company is video tap we are a video experience management platform what we do is we help video content producers to deliver effective video experiences increase engagement and achieve a much higher roi so when we say video content producers it could mean people producing video for advertising news sports e-learning entertainment kids spirituality or e-sports anything so anybody who produces a video and then what is an effective experience an effective experience for an e-learning video producer is completely different to an advertising video content producer yeah so true and, so true and within an ad itself depending on what you're trying to do the 
stated objectives can be completely different. So that is what we call as an experience. And then our platform is powered by breakthrough patented multifunctional streaming technology. Now, what we do is we are disrupting a 90-year-old linear streaming video experience. The linear streaming video experience, simply put, is about watching. In a multifunctional video experience, hey, you can also watch, yeah. but you can navigate. You can instantly personalize. You can participate. You can trigger call to action. You can get additional information. You can transact, so on and so on. So it is absolutely like a single blade Swiss knife versus a multi-blade Swiss knife. There are so many things you can do with this. Right, and right, right. This kind of helps content producers to kind of build the kind of experience they want to build on a video. And that's why I keep using the word experience again and again, because it's not only about watching. And with this, also the consumer then, at one more level above, is able to personalize the experience even further. So in our case, personalization is in the hands of the consumer as well. So we call it self-personalization, and that is very powerful because for the last 90 years, the control over the viewing narrative was kind of pre-decided by the content producers. Now, that narrative can be controlled by the viewer. And that is like splitting an atom. It's, it's a very powerful... <laughs> Powerful it. thing. And and I do not know, you know, how and all how many different ways this will manifest itself. So that's why we are building a platform so that domain experts, creative geniuses, and people far more brighter than me can come and build, you know, greater experiences using the tools and the tool sets we provide. Wow, that's a lot to unpack, <laughs> but pretty cool idea. I mean, it's. I think when we talked about it when we first met, it was almost like this modern day choose your own adventure, which you know, if back in the day it used to be these books, and now they've got that on TV shows, and like they did one experiment with it that didn't wasn't that it just wasn't that intuitive, wasn't that fun, um, but I I do see the huge like shift in how something like this can help not only brands, but the consumer um, and even artists kind of make this experience. Right. Cause I, I, I do think that nowadays more than ever experience is going to matter. And if you're kind of not very happy about the experience with a brand, um, you are definitely not gonna have not gonna go back to it. And, and I remember talking to uh, Mark over at Sherpa Digital Media. I think he's Sherpa Digital Media. I interviewed him a couple of couple of interviews ago, and uh, he he's got a video platform where it's an immersive experience for brands, and you can kind of like interact with them a little more effectively. You guys should definitely hook up and you should talk with him about what you're doing because 
he he's done a lot of media and he's really good smart guy like he's they're really figuring out how media is going to be used in this new new world or at least new different world that we're all in even when we start opening up after covid right um so how has it been trying to convince people that this idea is going to go somewhere it's pretty out there i must admit and this is like the third time i've heard it and i now almost understand it (laughs) and it's not because you didn't explain it right it's because i'm dense and it has to like really get you know in my head so how's it been to try to explain this all to people uh jerry don't be hard on yourself (laughs) I don't get it all the time. So <laughs> it's my own idea, right? But yeah, at the yeah. same time, as we keep uh, kind of going deeper and deeper into it, then uh, we kind of keep realizing that maybe we need to rethink, redraw our own, uh, you know, frame set. So I completely agree because uh, after being so involved in this, it, it's a learning every day for me. So I guess, you know, uh, that's why if you see, uh, between the time I met you at the Founders Network Summit and now, the story shifted a little, but Did. hopefully it's become more clearer. That's that's the whole whole thing, right? No, I think so. I mean, I remember when you pitched this idea, um, and I was actually got to judge them, which was kind of fun. Yeah, no, I mean, the the, the cool thing about what you did <laughs> was you started with a joke, <laughs> and then I think you ended with a joke, or you like you you you, you took it was funny because you. Uh, you were you you were memorable. I mean, everyone was memorable, but you like really like took a lot of the advice at heart. So, um, I think yeah, the story's gotten a lot better. But but I mean, how has it been since you've been pitching to people? How, how have they been taking it? So we have made some progress. Uh, for instance, we have built our core technology, and it's ready. It was actually ready even when I met you last time. So we have managed to leverage that for the video advertising industry, where we applied it to that. And I must say, we have had more than encouraging results. So we have approximately served more than 40 million video ad impressions. That's approximately 350,000 hours of multifunctional streaming. So at least it is better than a POC, right? It's actual, it works. This concept of multifunctional streaming works. And the good news is we were able to kind of achieve across probably 10, 10 million unique u- viewers a remarkable 14x, 14 times more engagement on the video ads. The first thing is who likes video ads? Nobody. And <laughs> it's true. I, I hate them. And then to have... You know, the average engagement was in the range of 7%, whereas normally the industry average is anything between 02 to 0.5%. So this is, you know, very, very good. Yeah, it's uh, huge. So, so, so it's not a flash in the pan because the sample size is quite big, right? The other thing is that now we, we're trying to build on that. And another metric which was kind of... Uh, uh, let's say science defying was uh, 18% of the audience engaged longer than the duration of the video creator. 
Really? One eight, eighteen percent. You right? mean they like they stuck around after, or they just interacted more? Yeah, they're just messing around because you see, this video is no longer a video. It's almost like you know the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> that kind of an analogy. So yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Video, like formerly a video, now it's it does so many things, right? It gives you information within the video. You can navigate within the video and stuff like that, right? So, for instance, in a car ad, we created a small slideshow with had color buttons. So if you clicked on any of those colors, the color of the car changed. But it's happening within the video. Okay, or if you if you want, you can just click on a button somewhere. And it doesn't matter on which website you're watching this ad. From the video player itself, you can download a PDF of the brochure. So, so you can do lots of stuff. So people were kind of happy. You know, I think people like to call the shots. They're able to do it almost anywhere, everywhere, except in videos. Uh, you know, that's actually a really good point because, yeah, the only kind of control you have in modern day video is forward and back and then faster or slower and then if you've if they've got like buttons in it but usually that those buttons they take you away from the experience so you're sitting there and you're like oh cool ad you click the ad and boom you're off on another page you're like not you're sort of not there there and 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 um what's really cool about what what this is is that there's there's companies that were trying to do this for uh, for like live streams of of sports where you sort of sat in your own kind of world, but not the interactive type where it, it, I, you know, I, I didn't think of it that way. It's really powerful to be able to control what you're watching in a way that you call the shots as you say, but that's also this experience where, yeah, I want to change the color of the car. Yeah, I want the brochure. Yeah, I want to uh, hear what it sounds like. Yeah, I want to, you know, I don't want to go like just skip ahead. I want to like jump ahead or I want to be like, I want to go there. You know, it, it's kind of like what an interactive website would be except for video almost, sort of. It is, we act, that's a great point. We actually serve video websites instead of a video, right? So, and now that was just an ad experience. Now, if you want to think about a do-it-yourself video, there are 18 steps. There are six steps. Yeah. You can just navigate and go whichever step you're stuck at. And then within the video, you can, for instance, if you're making a kitchen table, and let's say this is a do-it-yourself from, say, Home Depot. So you can get the cut list within the video. You can uh, get where you should have the holes punched. You will get the list of tools you need. And then you will also have the list of materials all within the video, right? So you're not going anywhere. And the best part is the next stage of our technology is you can just add from the video to the shopping cart within the video. So that makes it quite convenient. So the way I look at what we are doing, you know, is one of the, there are many things money can't buy, but one thing definitely money can't buy is time. Yeah, 100% on that. So I think 
it it is a great service we are doing all our customers and their consumers if we can make these videos effective so that they can come do what they want to do and get out whether it's a transaction whether it's watching whether it's consumption because the whole video industry was born 90 years back and i wasn't around then so i guess it was a different place <laughs> yeah i mean you've seen some of those older ones right <laughs> they didn't even know how to act you know they're like <laughs> they're funny the thing is you know video was television then and television you didn't it competed with radio and print mm-hmm. there was no social media mm-hmm. there was no internet there was no peer pressure that you need to maintain a streak on snapchat or you know get likes or or tweet or whatever right there was hardly anything going so what did folks do they actually had dinner together and after dinner they watched television and that's how prime time was born right and that was then <laughs> because that time or rather those times people had time so and, hence yeah it was captured audience too right Yeah, so you you built the whole suspense. You have so many breaks. You're saying on the other side of the break, you're going to see and stuff like that. What can be shown in two minutes is it's maybe two episodes, right? So that I think we need to unbundle. And then let's take sports, for instance. If um, okay, so now uh, whether you are Saints or whether you are a Packers fan, you know your sense of highlights is going to be completely different. right so can i see what i want to see can i see only the touchdowns can i see only the charging yards you know can i see if the any fights if it happened right or winning moments you know so that's so the content is pretty much the same but the experiences can be unique right so so that way we are trying to kind of uh, you see super bowl everybody's got the time to watch but there's so much of sports happening then unless you're a commentator or something nobody's got the time to watch it all the time unless you're reti- retired and have friend seat uh what do you call front row seats in madison garden or whatever madison, madison square, square garden yeah exactly and even then there's <laughs> still too much to consume yeah so that's that's the sports thing so so basically we are a fundamental innovation and and kind of can be applied to any place where professionally generated video is available hmm. so we haven't thought much on the user generated content right now but we are focused on the professionally generated content like i said it could be sports it could be news it could be e learning it could be compliance training you know it could be anything yeah, right could be i mean like what they're doing at Sherpa Media this whole virtual experience for a brand like his 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 a the the example he gave was like let's say you're at CES and you can't go to CES but you want to virtually go to CES um how do you create that experience for the user so they they get exactly what they want so this this is done in like a different kind of way like with VR or other things right um but it's but it's a fascinating thing because yeah i mean time you can't print it you can print money but you can't print time and time is our most valuable resource and it's scarce and it's sacred 
and we have too many distractions, it's hard sometimes to even fathom what to spend your time on, or you get deluged with all of this content and being able to manage that is hard and we get cognitively overloaded and we, you know, check out. So, so yeah, no, this is like, again, when I first heard this, I thought, yeah, this is, I wish I understood this more, <laughs> but now I understand it a little bit more. So for instance, <laughs> e-learning, you know, you can gamify the whole learning experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, you can, um, you know, in the middle of a lecture, we can always pop questions. And then the question is, uh, uh, it, it'll be like the person who's teaching you is interacting with you. When you, when you click a wrong answer, the video will say, hey, that's wrong. And this is the right answer. And if you click on the right answer, it'll say, hey, you're right. This is why this is the right answer kind of a thing. And then if you don't get something right, we always give you an option to go click uh, on something what we call let's check. So when you click on that, it'll rewind and show you the concept on which this question was framed. Because, you know, I used to have the challenge when I used to go to school. I sometimes had no clue which concept was the question based on, right? right, so, right. So, so it's so useful. And then after that, you can answer a question. So, so you see, learning is not something which you need to get it right in one shot. You know, but the whole learning system is kind of about acceptance rates and is about elimination. I somehow feel that learning is more tuned towards eliminating the not so fast ones. Now, learning is an Olympic sport. So you need to get it right on that particular day. And that's how you're judged, right? But that's not the way life is. In life, you have second chances. You have so many things. And the guys who keep persevering at it, the not so bright ones are the ones who probably succeed. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I do think that we have to focus more on getting the knowledge to folks as opposed to preventing people from getting the knowledge. I mean, I just, I just, why I think the whole college, secondary school model is going to be just dismantled. I mean, it's just going to happen. There's, of course, always going to be those elite institutions and, and such, but their relevance is going to deteriorate pretty fast. It's just there's so much like what you're doing and what a lot of people are doing, like the learning and the knowledge is there. And as long as you have the, you know, the, the motivation and the desire, you're, you're going to figure it out. Because one of my pet projects is uh, imagine there is a uneducated person either in Asia or in Africa who don't know how to read and write. But if they can see, hear, and touch, they should be able to learn a new skill. And that's possible with our technology. Of course, the content has to be produced by somebody and that somebody has to have the domain knowledge to impart the skill to them. But that is something which should be hugely satisfying for me because that would be high impact and transformative, right? That one's more for the heart. Yeah. Well, a lot of times what we do can also, you know, fill our heart with joy. And, and, and the interesting thing is that that obviously gets down to the why, right? Um, when I'm sure there's challenges and struggles, you 
probably go back to something like that to say like, look, I'm doing this. Yeah, of course, we all want to make money and we want to change the world. But boy, deep down, if I could solve this problem with what I'm working on, that's just tremendously satisfying. And um, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. I, I think that's the way you just get up in the morning. <laughs> you have to have that why, that solid why. Uh, so, so switching gears a little bit, how do you handle your like day to day, you know, being productive? I mean, this, this seems like a lot to just like the whole idea is just pretty mind blowing. What do you do on a daily basis to kind of keep on track and be productive and sort of move this, you know, groundbreaking, one of a kind, you know, your chosen destiny, <laughs> you are the chosen one. <laughs> how, do, how do you do, how do you, how do you handle that? Okay. So that's easy. My secret sauce is the co-founder of my company, who was also my wife of 22 years. And uh, we heavily invested into this. There's no safety net. So it's either the excitement, which keeps you up at night or the anxiety. So either, either <laughs> way you're up. You're like, up at night. Yeah. You know what to do next, right? right? right. Uh, and and also, you know, we are a great team. We don't uh, agree on everything, so there's no group thing. So she, uh, she kind of uh, helps me polish everything, and then we we complement each other so well. And she's uh, uh, she's very good in kind of uh, making sure that I just don't drift. Hmm. So that's one. And second thing is. Uh, I think we have game as long as we have our next breath of air or next breath going, right? So every day is a new day and uh, somehow I can uh, sleep, sleep off all my, all my failures and, and wake up as a fresh guy. You know, I, I think uh, um, I've had so many rejections, right? It's, it's quite, uh, and sometimes the rejection comes in multiple forms. You know, uh, I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, I one thing I learned is if we are going to not agree or see value in something which somebody else is offering, I think it is so important to differentiate between the idea and the person. Sometimes, you know, the overzealous types kind of, instead of thrashing the idea, thrash you. Right? They say you and kind of and then. Yeah, I've heard that before for sure. Yeah. So that kind of kind of um, what do you call uh, 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 I failed so many times and uh, and I've been rejected so many times so I think at, and then I met started meeting moderate success because that I figured out was that I started failing at failing <laughs> I like that I'm going to steal that one <laughs> so, so then I guess I, some moderate success you know but the good thing for me is I know that I don't know so that's very clear. So that keeps going. And then uh, this healthy amount of, uh, you know, anxiety about, you know, how we are going to make both ends meet keeps you going. But it's also that with that, you know, the excitement of what you're doing. So that's that's uh, what it is. So uh, so uh, it's me and Savvy and both of us, we are in it together. So it's kind of, uh, it's there. And, and you know, so it's, 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 let us put it this way. We are, some people say there's a professional life, there's a personal life, right? Um, that's great, but the person is the same unless you're extremely schizophrenic. I'm sorry, or or you have compartmentalized minds. Yeah, bipolar. Yeah, very bipolar. Bipolar, right? It's going to be difficult, right? It's the same person, right? So 
So, so I guess uh, we need to kind of align both. And in this case, because we're all working together, right? So it's, I carry my work home and my home to the office and it's all the same for me. Yeah, I, I 100% agree that we are one person. And if we try to show up in our work life and our home life differently, we have this huge amount of stress as to who am I? Um, and a lot of people have thought that, oh, I have to be different at work than I am at home. I've got to be more of a hard ass at work. You know, there's, there's, there's various like incantations of this. Um, but in the long run, that's just the road to failure and doom, because how can you keep two things in your head at once? And how do you know? Because it's going to spill over, right? So if you're being like the jerk at work, chances are you're going to be a jerk at home. <laughs> it just, I mean, you can't turn it off, right? Um, and I, I do, it's just so interesting that you, that you, you're doing the company with your wife. Um, how, I mean, did, how did that come about? Was it just, you guys both had the same idea or how, how did you be like, okay, we're in, how, how did that all work? So we have worked together for eight years, even before we started this eight, 10 years, okay. and we worked together and we joined a company as husband and wife, right? So, so I already was, uh, uh, Savi is a very remarkable person. So she entered media later. So even though she had a national level role, she kind of unlearned that and started media as literally as a trainee and then worked her way up. Right. So, so both of us worked, uh, she was the head of marketing at CNN when I was there, right. CNN India, it's, it was called uh, CNN IBN and then it's been rebranded to CNN news 18 now. So, so she was there with me. And so we worked together and that's a listed company, right? So, and she used to report into me. So it used to be uh, quite interesting. I, uh, and so, so, and, uh, but we, we became a good team. So it kind of was easy to kind of have somebody who's watching your back and, and you know that you can have this no look pass and she's a builder. She's a builder. She can build things. So and 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 she can um, she can visualize better than me in terms of what needs to do. So, uh, but I take care of the external things. Like that's why I'm on this podcast and not her, you know. But this is on behalf of the of Savvy and the entire team who's kind of worked really hard to achieve it. So I'm, oh, I'm there. Yeah, it's always a team effort. It's always a team effort. No, that's that's really great. Um, it's you know what? It's been great catching up, Dilip. I mean, when I know when I first met you. I knew you're someone that I wanted to get to know as well as like follow all the incredibly interesting things you're doing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. You know, good luck with what you're doing. It's just really cool. And uh, yeah, appreciate your help. Stay safe. Thank you, Jerry, for having us, uh, rather having me and uh, listening to the story of VideoTap. You know, we don't get too many chances to kind of speak like this. You know, it's always a three-minute pitch, a four-minute pitch and stuff like that. It's nice to kind of have a good uh, good chat. Thank you so much. And I hope we all come out of uh, this uh, COVID crisis bigger, brighter, and stronger. I hope so too. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list 
by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.